Good morning, good morning, good morning. I'm going to just give a few minutes. A few minutes for my special guests that come in the room. A few minutes for some of the audience to come into the room. Um, but just, just going to just bask in this, in the presence of God. The all-consuming fire of God. And so I thank you, Lord. We thank you that you're an all-consuming fire. <laughs> we thank you, Lord, that your fire, hallelujah, will purify us today. We'll burn away everything not like you. Hey, Shay, how are you? Thank you for joining the room. I'm going to give a few minutes for my special guest to come in and also for a few more people to join. And we're going to get started with today's episode of the Purity After Promiscuity podcast. We're redefining a woman's word. So I'm a, I'm an expectation that is going to be a blessing. I'm an expectation that is going to be powerful. I'm an expectation that you're gonna you're you're gonna have an encounter today. That God is gonna do something for you today. And so I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. Oh, yes. Thank you, Lord. You are worthy. You are worthy. Thank you, Father. You're an all-consuming fire. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, how we worship you. Oh, how we praise you. Oh, how we lift your name on high. Oh, how we love you, Lord. Oh, I thank you, Father, for this day. I thank you for today. I thank you for every woman that's going to get on the podcast today. I thank you for my... um special guest when she comes into the room and how she's going to be a blessing um, to, the, to us today through her testimony of how she overcame because the Bible tells us in Revelation that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of thy testimony and so it is so important for when God has done something for us that we don't keep it a secret that we testify because someone else needs to hear that someone else needs to know that it's possible Someone else needs to know that if it happened for you, it can happen for them. Someone else's faith needs to be stirred up, right? Because we all go through the Bible tell us. Oh, that's you. <laughs> okay, okay, all right, perfect. Um, the Bible tell us that um, you know we don't enter into tem- no temptation that's not common unto man and stuff. So everything we don't always go through the same thing but we go through similar things and so we just want to make sure that we're able to come together and lock arms as sisters and to pull each other up right and so that's what this podcast is all about is helping each other encouraging one another empowering one another for the glory of god and seeing our sisters be free seeing us walking holding seeing us walking in our true identity Seeing us walking as the women of God, God created us to be. And so um, I am just so thankful for him. So thank you. Uh, thank you. Uh, my guest is here. And so we can get started. And so I'm going to the music off because here we are here. And today is Friday. This is our day where we meet. We come together. And um, I'm so excited. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome, Shavante, to the Purity After Promise this promiscuity podcast where we are redefining a woman's worth i'm your host janelle renee and today we are having a special special episode we have a very special guest um shavante and so um you 
should is there a button because you need to call in because um right now it just says that you are in the room but you need to actually call in so you can be um able to speak and so we can hear you as well so um let me know okay yes perfect yes yep there you go now you a speaker so uh can you hear me perfect yes i can i was trying to figure this out i'm sorry i was like i don't know what's going on i think i'm i don't know i think i'm kind of in and out so i got it in i mean perfect how are you i'm i'm well sis i'm well i hear you clearly it's a god is good god is this, this is a new platform that i just started using um a few months ago because i was using a different platform but it did not have all of these features um and so mm. this is something i think is so powerful because you see how you get to call in um, when people join the room, they get to comment, we get to interact with them and, you know, they can call in as well, you know, so it's just um, something that I think God is going to use in a very powerful way. And so I'm so excited. Thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate you. We value your time. We value, mm. you know, just what you're going to bring to the podcast and to us today, how you're going to bless us and how we're going to see the power of God move through today's episode, which I think is so important, especially in this day and time we live in, right? Like Whoa. we see lust everywhere. We see the, we, we actually see how they're promoting it, you know, like in trying to normalize lust and you know, trying to make it seem like, you know, nothing's wrong with it and it's okay. Kind of do what you want to do. Feel how you want to feel. Love who you want to love. You know, have whatever type of, you know, sexual activity you want to have. You know, they, they try to make it seem like, you know, those things are um, normal. But we know in the kingdom that there's a standard. Yes. And yes. The Bible tells us when the enemy come in like a flood, we raise up a standard. And so we need to speak out and be vocal um, about the truth, about really how God intended us to live in this earth, about how we are supposed to, um, you know, not indulge in just anything, right? And we're supposed to have boundaries. We're supposed to have self-control. And we're supposed to live a life that's full and pleasing unto the Lord. And so um, that is um, what we do here on the podcast. And also, we we often want to give our testimony because that's powerful, Knowing that yes. somebody else went through something, because sometimes people look at us as Christians, especially those of us who have been, you know, walking this walk for a while. You are a minister and we're going to let you um, talk about um, who you are, what you do and how God has um, been using you. But, you know, you're a minister now. You know, you you've been walking this walk for a long time. You know, you're you know, in a level of maturity. Um, you know, you're at different, you know, heights and dimensions with God than where you were when you first started. And even before, you know, you was a Christian, you, we have a life, you know what I'm saying? A lot of times yeah. I think people don't realize like we had a whole nother kind of life <laughs> before mm -hmm. we came to the Lord. Right. And we told. <laughs> come on, like, listen, it ain't always been like this. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so we want to make sure those people who may be thinking about coming to Christ, those that may don't even know that Christ exists, maybe those people who backslidden and they feel like they what they've done is so bad that they can't come back or that what whatever their whatever they've done in their history is that God can't cover that or or God's not going to accept that or you know sometimes you know whether it's you went to a certain church and they they told you that or that's just a thought you have in your mm -hmm. mind. Sometimes we have so much shame. And so much yes. guilt that we don't think 
God can love us. And so this is why I think this conversation today is so important because I've given my testimony on here um, in depth, but it's it's important that they hear other people as well so they can see and know like, oh, wait, it's not just her. And so it's like, well, if God did it for me and if God did it for her, surely God should do it for you. Amen. Absolutely. Yes. Amen and amen. Yes. I agree. Yes. So I'm going to go ahead and give um the floor over to you um you can introduce yourself and um let the people know who you are uh, what you do um you know how they can can you know connect with you what what you you know how you can um you know help them or whatever it is that you feel they have to say in your own bio and introduction please feel free Amen. Well, Janelle, thank you so much, first of all, for even considering me. It's an honor and a privilege to be able to even be thought of, you know, to share um, on your platform. I'm, I'm grateful for what God is doing in you and through you as you have stepped into your rightful place and making this space available for women. Um, I know for me. Uh, in a season of my life where I was walking through my shame and, you know, dealing with my stuff, I didn't feel that I had a safe place. And so, um, uh, I, I honestly hit, I, I think my, my journey was a little longer than what it should have been because I didn't see an out, a outlet or a way out, you know? And so, um, before I jump into everything, you know, um, my name is Shavante Harris. Um, I'm a minister. Um, a woman of God that loves the Lord, a woman of prayer, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm an author. I love um, women, uh, especially places like this, uh, because um, I I find that a lot of times in in my life, I looked up for women that I could kind of grab hold to and kind of learn from. And I didn't have that. And so um, I the Lord had given me a vision a while ago. I have a ministry uh, called We Move Ministries. Uh, We Move Ministries is an umbrella ministry that has a mentoring program called Influencers Women's Mentoring Program. It's a Christian nonprofit of 501c3 uh, where we empower women. We equip them with tools that they need to live a a victorious life in Christ. Uh, Our goal is to teach, lead and live and serve like Christ. And so uh, in this world where just as Janelle was saying, um, this world is trying to teach us contrary to the principles of God. Influencers uh, standard is to stand firm in that and to teach us how we can be, um, you know, Christ like and stand firm in who we are, not conform to this world in whatever industry we in. And so we're in. And so uh, my vision is to um, build a network of women that can stand in who they are in Christ and, and, and grow in that, you know. And so uh, we have the influencers um, as well as um, I've been. Uh, in ministry, I didn't grow up in church. Um, I wasn't saved, saved, saved at all. I wasn't thinking about God to tell you the truth. Uh, but the Lord was thinking about me and uh, oh. always had me on his mind. And at the right time, I surrendered my life in 2013 of March uh, and I never looked back. Um, I began to run with the Lord. Uh, seeing the benefits, you know how the scripture says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. I got to taste. I was addicted. So it's like, (laughs) I'm like, what more you got? (laughs) Right. So I wanted everything that God had, not just for me, but for those in my family. And so, um, you know, I always say I'm, I'm not going back to the world because I'm perfect, but I'm not going back because there's nothing left for me there. Um, I, I, there was nothing that I, there's nothing that I desire in the world. When I, when you deal with depression and suicidal and you have all kind of, 
you know, insecurities about yourself. You waking up and you, you don't want, you don't know what life is about and purpose. I, who wants to go back to that? And so when I crossed over on this side, I, I vowed to the Lord that my life was no longer my own. And, uh, yeah, so I, I'm walking out my assignment in this season. Um, God kind of has me hidden right now. Um, not in a bad way, but just kind of keeping me you know, in this place where I can be cultivated. So when I emerge from that place, I am who he wants me to be without anybody's opinion, you know, without needing applause from people, but standing firm on who I am. So, uh, yeah, that, that's me. Uh, I love, uh, let me see some not so heavy things about myself. I love chocolate. Uh, I love to read. Oh, I love anything chocolate. Me too. Any, I'm talking about chocolate covered almonds. I don't care what it is. <laughs> See, so Janelle, we got this situation. Listen, where that chocolate be calling my name, I'm like, listen, say no. <laughs> I was up eating cookies last night at like one in the morning because my son been baking homemade cookies from scratch, and he oh. done made these like chocolate chip cookies with walnuts and oatmeal and man, man, listen. Yeah, I'm gonna need to order. I'm gonna need to get I'm you some cookies. I'm about to start a little here. business. Uh, you know, that's what we do. We gotta pour into our kids. I said because he's been baking. Cookies. He done made some with toffee and chocolate, girl. He done made some oh. regular chocolate. He did. He and from scratch. I'm talking about. I have to go buy ingredients, flour. You know, all oh, the yes. whole nine. He's making them from scratch, and they are, honey. I'm telling you. I Push him into it. To encourage him. Yes. Encourage him. That's yes. important. I know. I my younger daughter. She well, my oldest. I should say. She's ten, and she started during the pandemic. She started a baking business called the Blue Table Bakery. So she's been doing that. Then she takes you know our kids are she take a break i said well you asking for an oculus you better make sure you go work for that cookie business you got you can make the money because you've done it before you know so i would encourage him to do it because it brings such joy and pride to them that they can actually make money at the you know their own hands you know something that they enjoy doing so that's a blessing see, yeah that's a blessing is, so ladies you know even though this is a little side note it's like God put gifts in all of us, even in our children. So it's so mm -hmm. important as we study in our children, because there's no manual when you become a parent. You know, this and every child is different. So it's really individual. And as you're paying attention and you're noticing that things your children just naturally lean to or they naturally are really good at. And it's something that they don't have to put effort in and, and, and they enjoy it. You know, you want to tap into that because that could be a part of the purpose that God has placed in them for it. It ain't about no age. We see children on YouTube with YouTube channels and they seven years old making millions of dollars. And so mm -hmm. I know, and they may not even be in the kingdom, but we in the kingdom. And so I mm -hmm. know if, if the people in the world can, can establish wealth and they can generate wealth at a young age. So, so can our children. So that is, that mm -hmm. is something that I believe God must have wanted us to talk about in this moment because yes. he is setting us up. In the kingdom, he is setting us up to be who we are rightfully supposed to be. And he is mm -hmm. wanting us to establish the kingdom on earth. And in that, we need our own economy. We shouldn't be, you know, we shouldn't be so intertwined into the world's economy that when whatever is happening in the world is shaking us, you know, or, and it's affecting us. Mm -hmm. You know, we're supposed to be having authority in the earth and we're supposed to have that power and influence. And a lot of times that comes through being able to have wealth and have ownership. And so that you're able to set the standard. You're able, you know, if they say you can't worship God, well, you own your, your place or you can establish your own rules. You don't have to bow 
right? A lot of times because we, if we're so intertwined into the world system, they have so much control there and, and they definitely are not looking to, <laughs> to promote Christ-like um, principles. The moment that they come and tell you, if you don't do X, Y, and Z, they're going to shut you down. They're going to put, they're going to find you. They're going to take your license. They're going to do this or that. That mm-hmm. puts you in a, that puts you in a compromising position where you're going to have to cho- make a, a hard choice where God wants us to be in a place where we not, where they can't even have that kind of power over us. And so as a family, you can generate wealth, right? Because the Bible tells us that we should have several, seven streams of income. Right. Mm-hmm. You should have several. And so even your children can start. You can start now, no matter how old you are. You can be 60, 70, 80. It doesn't matter. It's if God put it in you, he's he's going to do he wants you to do something with it. So I'm, I'm thankful that you even said that. And that encouraged me. Sis. So yeah. uh, I just thank yeah. God that he's intentional to give us what we need in the moment. Yes. <laughs> right? to give yes, us what he we does. Need in the moment. So that is mm-hmm. so good. That is so good. So. Mm-hmm. um ladies she got like she said she got ministry she got mentorship programs before um i will have her if you're able to um comment in the room right oh yes so you can can. um you can put the information like your website and all that stuff you can put that in the comments so that as ladies join in or um they are able to see it and if they um feel like that's something that they need to uh you know be involved in then they'll be able to connect with you Yes. So now it's time, ladies, for us to get into today's episode, which is Conquering Your Lust Part 2. Last week, I did Conquering Your Lust Part 1, and it was so powerful. And um, so today, we got our special guest here, Shavante, who is going to um, tell us just a little bit about her testimony, you know, um, and kind of how she, you know, what she experienced and how she came out and, you know, what she did to come out and how the Lord, you know, what scripture did she stand on or, you know, just kind of that, what that process looked like going from being indulged in this, you know, in this struggle, in this stronghold, right, to to mm-hmm. actually becoming free. Yeah, yeah, amen. Yeah, so um, I did say, like I said, we do, I do have certain questions, but I do love for Holy Spirit to just take us wherever he wants us to go. Um, And so the first question that I have for you is what led you to your past lifestyle? Um, I believe the the rejection was the seed. Um, Definitely rejection. I didn't grow up with a father. And um, so I was always longing for uh, that validation, that approval, that acceptance, that somebody knowing that I am valuable. I had some sense of knowing that I was valuable, but I wanted other people to know. You know, I was always told I was different. I was special, all of that. But it, it's different when you desire it from one place and you don't get it. And so, um, you know, when I was thinking about even today, when we were talking about, you know, that that lust part two, we were talking about that. I, I thought about it. And I, as I continue to think, I thought about it, like, you know, lust wasn't I think lust came after perversion entered. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. So it wasn't it wasn't for me. It was like the right thing became distorted. And, and turn, you know, perversion, that definition is just distorting something that's right and making it 
something else what it from its original purpose and its original intent and so the door for me being open was perversion um and uh, you know a lot of times we think about it being sexual but for me it was more like my thought process about things the way that god created my mind to be wasn't the same you know um i, I began to desire you know uh, that approval, as I said, seeking people's validation. So a lot of times my desire for validation would cause me to now change who I was. That That's the perversion part where my identity became perverted, who I am, what I want, you know, my desires. Um, I'm not good enough. You know, that original uh, uh, person that before life happened was no longer there, you know, who God called me to be. And so, um, I can remember, you know, even in my, uh, um, younger age desiring to just be accepted, like bottom line and the door for me. Now, when we we're talking about lust and things of that nature, that longing and that inward kind of sin that leads us to fall away from God, um, I believe that for me came at 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 a younger age, probably about, I would say, I think I was about 13, 12, somewhere around there where I had came across this pornographic magazine and it was at my grandparents house. I didn't know what it was. I'm looking, but that my eye gates being exposed to that now yeah. opens the door for curiosity and wanting to know more. And now this demon that I wasn't aware of had entered in, you know, and this is why it's important for us to be careful, especially now in the day and age, because my it was a magazine for me. It wasn't as accessible, you know, like it is now where we got handheld devices where pornography and images are always being seen. Um, we have to be very careful about what we are allowing to enter into our eye gate. And so my my life was changed at that moment, even though I had known I didn't know that, but it was it was immediately changed. And so now this perversion and lust enters in. And of course, these spirits, they link up, they they hold yeah. tight, you know, yeah. <laughs> they're best friends, you yes. know, and it opens the door for all manner of things where now you're controlled by the spirit. You don't have the power over it. Yes. You know. You are like a dog on a leash being led to the slaughter, literally into trouble. And so for me, I, I that was the beginning uh, for me. And that that door led to um, I don't know, you know, how far you want me to discuss. I know, you know how I, I keep it all the way above. You know, I, that's yeah. me. you know, I don't hold nothing back. I tell oh, yeah. my whole truth. I go into deep. Absolutely. So that's me. But I, I'm not, that's something that, if that's something you want to do, feel free. Oh, yeah. I, I, that's fine. I, I just didn't know, like, uh, as far as, like, how it was flowing with the questions. But, but yeah, so, so that door opened up. And when that door opened up, I began to have these thoughts in my mind that were sexual. And like I said, that demon begin to literally control me um i had desires that i could not control and so now you know how the enemy does uh he he doesn't allow you to just take a taste oh you get a bite and you want some more you know i say how i like chocolate i have this this thing with chocolate covered almonds where i go to sam's club and i buy the big container and i i put them in my basement so they're out of sight however uh, when that desire creeps up on me, 
I'm going to find the almonds. That's what it was like for me. It was just like my love for chocolate cover almonds. When that desire crept up, I have to fulfill. And this is sin. Like, I mean, y'all understand this is what sin does. It's a ravenous beast. And so it's never satisfied. And so I was always, I don't care what was going on. If the desire came, I need to find a way. And it was masturbation for me. It opened the door. And you see how perversion starts. My eyes are open. I've ingested this thing to my through my eye gate. Curiosity is peaked. Now lust comes in and perversion. And now here comes masturbation. So now I'm drawn to this 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 thing that is not godly. God doesn't want me to indulge in, but because of my sinful nature. And as I said, I was not saved. I didn't get saved till my late twenties. Um, I, I I literally um, live my life in this place of self-pleasure because I wasn't and I wasn't out here sleeping with everybody um but I was a desiring that feeling of and so as I continued to walk in that that dark place what I didn't know is that I was literally feeding a demon that would try to consume me later on in my life and so um I, I I had I had I think up until about 18 or 19 from that 13 year old stage to 19 or 20 i had not had sex with anyone however i was very much open i was very much open to that door because i had already opened the door for perversion and that's the enemy's job he's going to steal kill and destroy and so that's where it led me and led me down a path to um, meeting my first boyfriend and, you know, I, I resisted the, the urge to, to, to get intimate and be with them. However, that only lasted for so long because remember, I still have this void and I don't, I don't have a father. I don't have a father figure. You know, I, and now I'm getting male attention and I'm getting it from people that their motives and intentions may not be right towards me, but I feel this void in my mind being filled with something that was very temporary and it was camouflaged to be the real thing, but it was actually fake. It was false. And so um, I, I believe at my about 20, I think about 20, um, I was in a long term relationship for years. And at my 20, like around 20, I think I was 20 or 21 when I lost my virginity. And at that point, now it was all the way. I'm all the way open. Now I'm all the way open. And I was somebody that was very committed. I didn't, I, I was not somebody that liked to, I'm, I'll just, I, that was just, I think something that was just in me. I, it wasn't that I wanted to just feel something. It was like, I want to feel that love that I didn't have for my father. So I was in relationships for three and four years at a time with, with my boyfriend and, you know, and then when they fall apart, my life falling apart, you know, because I'm opening, I've opened the door. And what I don't know is perversion has distorted the right thing to something perverse. And so now my heart is open and I'm, I'm hurt. I'm hurt. And I'm, 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 I'm going to stop right there because I want to share more, but I want, you know, as we go through these questions, I know where I'm, I'm going to go with, okay. um, you know, part of my testimony. But it did open the door for me to live with shame for eight long years. Eight long years of my life, um, I was in bondage, a slave to a master called shame. Yeah, I, and I, I submitted myself and subjected myself to it, and I hid and was in fear for so long. Um, but God does a work where he does it, and it's complete. It's a complete work. So Yes, it is. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's so interesting as I'm listening to you because 
I don't know uh, if you had a chance, um, may probably not, um, but the part one that I did last week, a lot of the exact same things or even uh, explaining the process of how perversion is like the precursor for lust and how it's just like a building upon and, you know, just the different ways and how it manifests and how it grows and becomes this beast. And the scripture that I um, really kept um, talking about and reading was James 1 and 15, where it says, then after desire has conceived, you know, that's the conception of the thing. That's when we open our eye gates up. Even it was it was unexpected. You weren't looking for it. It just happened, you know, um, and then it gives birth to sin, you know, and that's where that that's when that lust come in. And when sin is fully grown, it gives birth to death. So now the death of our innocence, right, or the the death of, you know, the, the purity of heart and mind you know what I mean like those things are now experiencing a death because we have that perversion and we have that lust that has now become full-grown and it has begun to take dominance and is dominating us and controlling us and now we find ourselves at least for me I was I found myself doing things that I may not necessarily wanted to do but like mm -hmm. you said mm -hmm. just trying to fill that void you know looking for love really just in all the wrong places and and being open to something that you know, for me, it was through molestation at a very young age. You, I don't you don't even know what sex is. You know what I mean? Like you don't even know what it is. You're too young. Your young mind can't even comprehend it. So now you you have been uh, opened up to something that you don't even know what it is. And so it's like, you know, it's just that domino effect. But I just thought that was so um, just intentional because you said so many things, exact things that I said. Um, and so I know God is really, you know, connecting the dots here. And listen to what you said, sis. I mean, interrupt you, but when oh, you no, said, no. when you, you didn't know what it was. So what it did was because perversion was the first thing that was introduced. Now it begin, it gives you, it now tells you what love is. Perversion tells you that this is love. Like this is what it's supposed to be because when you don't know and it's not introduced correctly to you, now here we are exploring the place that God has made to be something that's supposed to be beautiful and reproduced yes. and it's supposed to feel like, you know, good and all of that. How the enemy comes in and he distorts all of it and he says it's supposed to hurt you. It's supposed yes. to call you names. It's supposed to black your eye. Yes. It's supposed to disrespect oh, you. Lord. It's supposed to make you feel like you are worth nothing. This is what it is because you don't know what it is. And I got it's like this. I see it as like two people dressed in a suit. And the first one that gets to you, God, you know, or this enemy that whoever gets to you first. Now they can explain to you what it is. You know, they can tell you that this is what it's supposed to be when really it's all a farce. This is a smoke screen. This is not really what love is. This is not really what acceptance is. This is not you really experiencing uh, the, the love of God, but you're now experiencing sin in its fullness, yes. in its fullness. And it becomes a ravenous, just like we said, a beast. So now when you get into relationships and you don't understand why you get into relationships and you, your, your picker is wrong. You know, I have a friend that said my picker was broke, you know, picking yes. the wrong dude. Every yes. time you turn around, you yes. with somebody that want to put their hands on you. You with somebody that's telling you, you ain't going to never be nothing without me. You with somebody that that's cheating on you. You know, yes. you're like, well, what's wrong with me? And, you know, you looking at how you dressing and you trying to change because it's been introduced. And like you said, I didn't even know what it was. And so this thing, this, this dark thing introduced you into what they're saying love is and that that's so powerful when you said that because it makes me think about it like 
depending on your experience, you will walk. And until you get healed, this is what we're talking about healing, you know, and redefining our purpose and, and promise after promiscuity. All of what this stands, this podcast stands for. Um, if you never get to the place of healing, you will continue to walk around here with a lie believing that this is how it's supposed to be and some people actually settle in that and they never get to experience the the fullness of god's healing restoration his deliverance his peace of mind in their sexual life with their husband i'm talking about as in a covenant y'all not out here playing around and playing around but in a covenant you never get to experience the fullness and i can i can say i'm grateful that god that I allowed myself because it's not only God, it's us. This is a two-way thing. We have to do the work that I allow. I went through my process of healing so that I could see what it's like on the other side of what I, the perversion that I experienced, that that wasn't even a real thing, you know? So I I love when you said that, like you you didn't even know. And so it opened the door because we're ignorant. You know, the Bible says we perish because of lack of knowledge. And sometimes when we don't know something, we can allow the wrong influence and it wasn't on your account it wasn't something that you did it was imposed upon you and so because the door was open and it's introduced now you got you got this this uh perverted um mindset of what it is and now you have to figure this out on your own afraid to talk about it or even if you did tell somebody they didn't believe you so now you're like well maybe i didn't you know it's just a whole mess with with everything like it's so funny you're hitting every single thing that I said in last week's podcast. This wow. is this is interesting. And I haven't had a chance to listen. You I know, not. listen to it just so you can know that what I'm saying to oh, you is true because I, you know, and of course I always invite Holy Spirit into every podcast, and so oh. obviously because we know that there's one Spirit. You know, it's just nothing but it's just a confirmation of what was yeah. already spoken because it's a it's it's always like the enemy doesn't care. Right. He don't care that you a kid. He don't care. You a child, a baby. This is why things like that happen to babies and kids, because he don't care if he can influence somebody to do something that is perverted, that is hurt, hurtful. He will. And, and he knows that you don't have to be a willing participant. It's just, yeah. if it happens, and the, like you said, once it's introduced, however it's introduced, once that door is open, however it's open, he's busting that thing wide open, you know, and that's why it's so important for us to tell our testimonies, because people, a lot of times, we're going to talk about that guilt and shame really quick, because you, you did, oh, yeah. you mentioned it, but a lot of times we're so bombarded and riddled with that guilt and shame, we have them tormenting yeah. thoughts, you know, we, we are allowing the enemy to constantly tell us we're nasty, we dirty, God won't love us, nobody will love us we don't deserve love you know just all of those things that he'll begin to you know really try to 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 try to keep us right to try to keep us in that lie in that place where he can continue to have um that that dominance over us right and so for you how you know just uh you know as as much as you feel comfortable how you started dealing with that guilt and that shame like how was the enemy really really bombarding you with with that guilt and that shame mm-hmm. yeah i lived i as i said i lived eight long years of my life and, and in order for y'all to understand what i mean by eight years um you know i had at the time i, I shared that i when i i started you know my committed relationship 
So I have four children. Um, people that know me, they only see three because my oldest son is adopted. And so um, that's a testimony within itself. Um, but just to give you guys like a, a brief snapshot of that, um, I was and I'm actually writing a book on this because I know that it's to help a lot of women. You know, um, I consider myself and not because I caught myself this, but the Lord told me that I was a shame breaker. And um, I stand on that. I stand on that because what what I lived in for eight years that had me in bondage and a slave to it and being paraded around by the enemy as uh, someone that would never be able to get out of this. And, you know, sometimes when you're a slave to something, you'll become you'll begin to believe it. You think about in slavery times. They were they even if there was an opportunity for them to get free. Harriet Tubman said that, you know, I could have freed more slaves if they only knew they were slaves. Yeah. And sometimes we can be in bondage to a thing so long that we believe we would never be able to be free. And that's what I did. I made this vow, this inner vow that I would never be able to talk about it, to share it, and that I was going to my grave with that thing. And so the enemy thought, hallelujah, he thought that he had me in a place where I would never open my mouth and declare it. But you know how how when, when the Jesus died on the third day and all hell probably tried to have a party, didn't know that it was a, a, a okie doke coming. That's what it was for me. God delivered me from shame and I refuse to sit back and allow other women to walk in it. And so when I say the eight years I'm talking about, I was pregnant. Um, I was in a long-term relationship with my high school boyfriend. He graduated a couple years before me, a year before me actually, and went off to college, uh, was getting ready to go off to college at the time. I had been, like I said, um, I w- we were having sex. I got pregnant. I shared with him that I was pregnant. He didn't want anything to do with being a father. Um, so um, I, I don't share his. I want to always give him opportunity to tell his story. So I don't speak much about him because that was my instruction from the Lord. So I'll tell my part of the story. So um, in that door being open, I told you all the rejection from my father, not only the rejection from my father, but at six months, um, I was in a position where I was um, abused physically and was almost dead. I was internally bleeding at six months. My mom had left me uh, in the care. I was supposed to be taken somewhere else. The person never took me there. So um, I was in foster care, the children's home, everything. So not only did my dad tell my mom to abort me, <laughs> she uh, got me here, you know, by the grace of God, I was birthed into the earth and then the enemy still tried to take my life. So dealing with the rejection, all of those things that I had going on in my life and to come to a place where I'm now become getting ready to face the same trial my mom faced of being pregnant and having a man not want the child and and dealing with that and even you can see look at how the enemy strategic he don't just start at in one place and stop he goes through the bloodline so he comes to me the same way and try to present abortion to me and uh i thank god that uh in the place that i was in i didn't take heed to it i didn't take the bait um and so uh but i tell you this there were plenty of times where he came and told me to take my life i can remember being in my dorm room and uh being pregnant at the time now i'm sharing this now but at the time nobody knew i was pregnant and what i mean by that is that i literally went through an entire pregnancy nobody knew i had a child when i gave birth i gave birth alone nobody was aware nobody knew this um it was a very hard time for me um so much so that um i went into a downward spiral you talk about how you, you know where the enemy's plan for keeps 
Um, I went in a downward spiral after I gave birth to my son. It was like I was mourning a death. Um, and not because I, I of anything of with him, but I was mourning a death because I had you, as a woman, you give birth and your body is showing signs of a child, but there's no baby. <laughs> and so um, I lived uh, after that in eight long years, eight long years of my life in shame and fear of people finding out people judging me, people this and that. And so I'm kind of trying to get to where we are, what I'm talking about. But I wanted to give you guys a picture. The reason why the the adoption came into play is because there were a lot of factors in my life at the time where I wasn't able to take care of a child. Not only was I unable, I didn't have a place to go. Um, My husband, well, my husband, talk about my husband because he's a big part of this. um, But in the midst of me getting pregnant, telling his father, he changed his number. He moved to Virginia and I never spoke to him again, not because I didn't want to, but because that was his choice. And so I did my due diligence. You can't have an adoption without reaching out to the family with, you know, the father, anything we waited. Um, I got to the point where I was in my delivery and um, I can remember laying and then I was writing, I actually writing yesterday about my story. And I, and it, I came to a part in the story where I said, I never imagined my life like this. This was not what I expected. And I wasn't a believer, but I was talking to God and I said, I don't know what to do from here. I literally I I don't know what to do. I'm I'm in this hospital. I didn't even know I was in labor. I had came home from school. Um, I drove myself to the hospital. I can remember having a contraction, which I didn't know was a contraction. Um, And I'm standing on I literally had to recline my seat in my car all the way back. And I was standing I was at a red light. And I was standing on top of the brake pedal just to get through the contraction. And so I'm thinking something's wrong. And now I'm saying all of this to y'all to to say how much of a miracle my son is, because throughout my entire pregnancy, I I went to one doctor's appointment. That was it. I took the prenatal vitamins, but I never went for ultrasound. I never went for a checkup. And this was part of me hiding I was hiding. I was this is the shame I'm talking about. And this is why I say God caught me a shame breaker, because everything that I did was rooted and steeped in fear, guilt and shame. And so I I went through the pregnancy. I wasn't in where where I live in my local uh, town in Akron. I was actually in 45 minutes away on campus. I was living in a dorm and I can remember one day um, the enemy speaking to me like just just hang yourself from the shower ride, like just kill yourself. And I considered it. I definitely considered it. But at the time um, I had in the between all of that, I was reaching out to this uh, pregnancy place, Akron Pregnancy Services here in Akron. And a lady was I was waiting to hear back from her. And uh, right in the midst of that thought, she caught my phone. It was like the enemy was trying, but God was sending provision. And she sent me this packet with all the families of adoption. And she sent me this note that said the child that you're carrying is a blessing from the Lord. And um, like I said, I wasn't saved. I didn't know God, but I prayed a lot. I didn't realize it was prayer, but I prayed a lot because I I was by myself a lot, talking to God a lot. And um, that kept me. And so I had my son, um, the family we met, um, that everything I have to speed through that because it's such a long, that's a whole story within itself. Um, but I met the family. They were God sent, God ordained. I knew they were the right family for him. And, um, today, uh, there was a lot of, at the time, there was a lot of, um, guilt 
and feeling like my son's going to grow up to hate me because I'm thinking about the movies that you watch. Like they always say, why would you do that? You know, I'm living with that. And so the enemy played on that. I remember him when the final, you know, adoption was final and everything. And he they drove off. I sat in the parking lot and I cried for two hours. I remember feeling like I couldn't move on, that my life was over. And I made that inner vow that I said that I would never talk about it ever again. And so I lived my life after that getting drunk, uh, partying Thursday through Sunday. I wasn't going to church, so I know I had to work on Monday. So by Sunday, my, my partying was over and I was having to go back to the reality that um, I had a child and nobody will ever know. And um, I dealt with the pain and the grief of it. And in all of that, uh, shame gripped me. And I stayed in that for eight years until 2000 and my daughter's birthday, 2011. I still was dealing with it, but I had my daughter um, at the time and I, I had a miscarriage. My husband now we had before we got married, um, I had was pregnant before I had a miscarriage um, before my oldest daughter was born. And I thought that miscarriage was God punishing me for giving him up. See how the enemy like he'll walk, he'll walk wow. you right on down. So the miscarriage was you know, me like, okay, God punishing me for this. So now when I get pregnant with my oldest daughter, I'm in fear of the entire pregnancy that I'm a loser because he already punished me. This is how lies come in. And so now, you know, I give birth to my oldest daughter. Um, I have her and uh, that began my healing process. Uh, my daughter literally seeing her and watching her that started it, but meeting, like literally giving my life to Christ in 2013, that's where it began. And that process was hard, y'all. Um, God showed me a lot of things about myself that I had excused and overlooked and I wouldn't face and I had to take thought in, but there was so much love. That's the, the best way I can describe it is God's love. And when I tell you when he delivered me, it was a once and for all snatching everything out of me. Now, that doesn't mean I didn't have to go through a process of sanctification. Now, that process of sanctification happened gradually. There was, you know, where I had desires and then they would be, you know, over time as I continue to submit to God and to worship and pray and, you know, grow in my walk with Christ. Those things went away. You know, and I mean, God taking them away from me, but I had to choose. But when I say that process was hard, it was hard. It was very hard for me. Um, and what I knew had ch- everything had changed so much so that when I say hard, my boyfriend, which now is my husband at the time and the father of my daughter started seeing my transformation and he hadn't accepted Christ yet. So <laughs> He was looking at me like, who are you? I can remember him saying to me, what happened to the old you? And I'm like, uh, what you talking about? I didn't know. I, you know, I went and didn't notice it. And that caused a rift in our relationship. Literally, I when I say a rift, I'm talking about we ended up breaking up. He moved in with his mom and that story. It's a lot. So I don't want to keep, you know, harping. But my process began at the moment that I surrendered. All of that stuff that I was intervowing that I would never talk about, that testimony. When I began to talk about my son and share with people that God would show me, hey, tell this person, you can trust them. And, and, you know, it was like I was I was breadcrumbed into my deliverance and my freedom. Yeah, I think that's how God does. But before I say anything else, I want to say that, you know, I'm so, so um, proud 
of you and you're so brave and courageous um because i i definitely know what it's like to believe or even like you said make an inner vow that you would just there's a certain part of your life that you're so ashamed of that you would mm-hmm. never speak about it um and just um to even live through that go through that and now be able to be so open and vocal because you have actually overcome you know and just to see how god has just really just then blessed you then elevated you is using you and and this is not even the beginning um this is just the beginning i should say of what god is going to do through you but it's what people don't understand is in the onset of being delivered and in the onset of having your tongue loose because one thing the enemy loves to do he loves to keep you silenced so that's where the guilt and shame come in because those are the taskmasters that keep your tongue bound. And as long mm-hmm. as you, because he understands the power of our words, right? Because the Bible says we decree a thing, it shall be established. We think, think, we speak things that be not as though they were, right? The power of death and life lies in the power of the tongue. Those that love it eat the fruit thereof. And, you know, we know God spoke the earth into existence. He said, let there be and there was. And so there's so much freedom and power in our voice and in our testimony and speaking out about things that the enemy knows that. So he mm. he works overtime to keep yep. us in bondage, to keep us silenced. And see, that's when people are defeated because it's in that hidden sin. And when that sin stays in that darkness, it's, it's continuing to, to have that power. But as you begin to release and speak, it starts to lose its power and it's such a liberating thing. But like you said, it's not easy and, and it's difficult and it takes a lot of strength and, and even more so a lot of faith in God that yes. even if someone says something negative, even if someone judged, even if, you know, X, Y, and Z, that God's grace is sufficient, right? And that he's still going to cover you and that you still did the right thing. And, and you can't control how other people, you know, respond or receive. And you got to really trust God and give God full um, access and reign of, of your whole entire life and story in order mm-hmm. to walk in that every day. And it get easier as you do it. But oh, absolutely. In the beginning, absolutely. it's not easy at all. And so I just want to commend you for even being on here and um, and being free. Right. Because that's freedom that and that's mm-hmm. where why we're here. And this is what we're trying to get um, you at other that, you know, women who may be still struggling, maybe struggling with guilt and shame, maybe struggling with bondage or perversion, their lust or whatever and whatever it is. You know that there is freedom on the other side it's freedom is so liberating and freedom yes. i mean when you as you think about it you know i know i look back and i'd be like i can't even believe that mm-hmm. i felt so like like because i remember like it's so many things about my life that i, I y'all i wasn't telling my dirty laundry okay <laughs> I just wasn't. That was nowhere in the plans for me. I never was ever in my million years was thinking about being on a, having a podcast. I didn't want to be a coach. I didn't want to have a, be a mentor. None of that. I was in corporate America. I had licenses. I was a hairstylist. I was an insurance agent. You know, I had a whole other. I was in school to be an attorney. Like my plan was something different, but it never included me telling my dirty laundry. Um, because, you know, even though I was saved and a Christian, I still, you know, like I still had that guilt and shame. So, um, and just look how what was meant for evil. Like Joseph said to his brothers, what you, what, what was meant for evil, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. Right. And he, mm-hmm. he allowed it because I needed to be here. Yep. 
right? That's I need it. to be here. He allowed you to experience that. He didn't cause it, but because of our own choices, he allow it. Yes. Because God doesn't, and that's another thing the enemy will do. He'll make us try to believe it. God did it, or or why didn't God come rescue us, or where was God when we was, you know, being abused or being raped or being molested, or you know, when we was hurting or when we was being rejected. It's like why if if God loved you so much, why didn't God, you know? And so then you'll even start feeling away towards God, um, because the enemy will pervert. Mm-hmm. He'll convert your mind and he'll just start playing all these mind games. So this, I'm just so um, grateful that you even went down this path. You hit on points of things that I was going to ask. So I don't even need to ask those things because one of the questions mm-hmm. was going to be, when did you commit your life to Christ? You said in 2013, how, you know, um, how did you um, start your healing journey? You said when you had your oldest daughter. So you're just in the spirit, you're in the flow. You're, you're right. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like you just flow right along. So I don't even got it. <laughs> I don't even got to hit those points, you know, but um, one thing I um, I do want to ask is what is one of some of the biggest things you take away, you know, from that experience and going through your healing process and, and, and coming from that lifestyle and dealing with those things to now being on the other side of it? What are some of the biggest like takeaways or lessons um, from even going through that? Um, I I honestly believe that all things work together for good. And my biggest takeaway is that my life was predestined. And what I mean by that is that God had a plan. And, you know, sometimes we can think because we do make choices. God has given us the free will to choose. But he's so sovereign. He's so faithful that he looked from our beginning to our end, accounted all the mess ups, the mistakes, the choices that we made and still said, I have a plan for you. But we have to choose it. We have to choose to follow God's plan. It's not like he you going through stuff and God's like, well, yeah, I don't I don't know if I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something for you today. Or I'm going to know it's already set in stone. But based on our choices, what we choose, God is a redeemer and he is more than able to redeem our life out of the hands of the enemy. That's what Christ was for. And so I, my biggest takeaway is that. I live my life with an awareness now, then always, but awareness now that my life is not my own. I am indebted to a God that paid a price for me that I could not pay. And so I live my life with the awareness that if I've overcome it and I've come out of it, I have no right not to share my testimony so other people can too. It's like having keys to a prison. And and you walking past the jail cell and you seeing them locked up, but you don't open the door because you don't open your mouth. And so I'm not (laughs) I'm not I'm not willing to watch my brothers and sisters stay in prison cells and I'm holding the keys, Uh, you know, and and though my thing was adoption and perversion and masturbation, it could have been abortion. It could have been, you know, uh, uh, you, you, uh, you know, being out here uh, on drugs, whatever. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter. A divorce. It does not matter. God has already taken account. And if you would just choose, if we would make the choice to choose God, his will and his purpose, I, I believe that just just as I am able to boldly declare who my God is and share my testimony without worrying about when I get off of here, who going to hear, who they going to share it with, all of that. I have I'm free. I don't care who hears it because my testimony is for those who are in bondage still. I got the keys. 
and I'm coming to let you out. I'm coming to release you from your prison. You know, so that's how I live my life is that my story is not my own. Who am I to hold fast to this when I know God has set me free? I'm no, I got keys. I, I'm coming to let we we get free. That's how I feel. I live my life with that awareness that this is not my, my life is not my own. I don't get to rob God of glory by being afraid of sharing what I've been through. So yeah, that's that's, that's, that's powerful. Powerful. like everything you said. Oh girl, I'm like trying to just contain myself. <laughs> yes, I'm trying to because that's so powerful and that's so true. Um, but like I know um that had to come with a big paradigm shift, like mentally. Going from having that defeated and, you know, being in bondage and being overtaken and all of that um, mindset that you lived in in that dark place. And then now having this new revelation and having the newness of mind. But like, you know, just elaborate a little bit like what what really helped you really change that that mindset? What was that mind shift like? It was it was God. I know it sounds so like cliche but that i i didn't have the power to change my mind i tried you know i'm not doing this no more i'm not going here no more it was literally renewing of my mind and it was my desire i i desire to really be who god wanted me to be and so the scripture talks about that us renewing our mind like be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind your transformation comes from your mind being transformed being renewed and so even though there were days where i would get up and it seemed like that transformation wasn't happening i'm still waking up depressed why am i depressed i'm still waking up like i don't like like what i see in the mirror i'm insecure why am i so insecure but i didn't stop just because i didn't see the manifested evidence i knew that if i just kept going and keep trusting god there has to be something yielding from this there has to be fruit and so i there were times where i would literally cry i would be in tears i come home from church and i'm like god i don't want to be like this why am i still struggling if i'm saved because we got we got this perspective that as soon as we say, I believe as my Lord and Savior, I give my life to you. Holy Spirit come into my life. Make me new. Like now, okay, now everything just perfect. Right. No. The scriptures did not say that. He said we would have trouble. We would have trials, but do not fear. He's overcome them. And so I had to literally, when when them thoughts of go masturbate come up, I would be like, mm-mm, I can do all things through Christ who oh. give me strength. I'm, I'm, I'm going to speak a scripture in the middle yes, of the thought to see yes. what the enemy want me to do is give in to this. So I had to start doing stuff that sound crazy to people, but in God, I knew it was powerful. So let me talk to myself. Let me talk to this flesh and this, this perverse desire that I have as a saved woman. I was saved talk having these it. desires knocking on my door and I had to say, no, resist the devil and he will flee. I, that was the scripture that kept me. I kid you not. I would just keep saying, when I'm in my room and my a thought come on my mind, I'm scrolling on my phone. I would literally get up off my bed, put the phone down and walk my house and be like, you said, if I resist the devil, he would flee from me. Loose here, Satan, let me go. Literally saying stuff like that because I, I started eating the word. I needed the word to help me. It wasn't a friend I could call because I was too ashamed to tell people. It wasn't like I could say, all right, you know, I'm going to go and do this. And no, I had to use the word. I could distract myself all I wanted. But when 
when 12 o'clock midnight came and I'm in the bed and them desires come, that demon coming and it won't blood. Ooh, and so I had to, I had to speak the word, sis. It was the word of yeah, God yeah. that helped me overcome. And I don't care what nobody say. If you struggling in your flesh and in sin, the word is what does the work. Now, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> I had to do some practical stuff. I had to put myself around people that will hold me accountable too. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. So that meant telling people. That meant sharing it with somebody that I knew could keep me accountable. So even practical stuff. Yeah. <coughs> sharing that 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 scary, dirty, nasty thing that you think people gonna run away from you and say, I don't want nothing to do with you about. But sharing it and saying, Look, sis, I, I got this problem. And you never know. I can remember the first time I talked about, <coughs> excuse me, on our prayer call. I talked on my, my We Move Finishes prayer call. Uh, we pray together Monday and Fridays, um, twice a day. And I remember sharing, I'll never forget this morning, the Lord told me to just say it. <coughs> After the prayer call, there were four people that told me that me sharing pornography set them free. And literally gave them the liberty to to see. That's what I'm talking about with the keys, y'all. I wish I had my keys. I'll shake them. It's what I'm talking about but with the keys. I don't have mine either because the keys. <laughs> them, no, right. The keys. Yes. Them the keys. Yes. Them keys. I was able to uh, to take one of my the keys uh, of pornography and masturbation and shame and say, look, I know you tried, but let me open this gate so you can come out. I, I was there too. And guess what? I'm I'm completely free. I I don't I don't have those desires anymore. I don't desire to. to to go back to it there's nothing in me that sees anything pornographic and i'm drawn to it i'm actually disgusted by it and it's crazy that that one thing that drew me now repulses me come on it's because of the word of god and i'm not reading it just to read it i'm living and believing this thing like god i want this to permeate my being and we got to be bold enough to pray them kind of prayers because that to god that you really don't want this thing no more yes take it away and i don't want it I don't want it. So, yeah, since I I I live the word of God is literally what I live. I have to stand on it, not because I'm perfect, but because every other way I've tried to fail. It just didn't work. The, the word is the only thing that's helped me to stay free from this thing. That's the only thing that's helped me. And accountability. I had to tell some people so they can hold me accountable. <clears throat> so, yeah. I, that's that's for me that's when it work it works and that like i said the practical stuff is making sure you got people you can trust that you can be accountable to you know that that's gonna love you in spite of your struggle whatever it is it may not be pornography whatever it is i need to be held accountable because when you start showing that you desire to be free the bible says that he makes us free the truth, the truth will make will you make free you, you got to be honest first though yeah and you, you got to know your triggers, you know, you got to yes. know boundaries, you got to know, like, yes. especially if you are coming from, you know, lust and perversion, pornography, masturbation, sexual sin, like, you got to really understand you, like, you know your body more than anybody yep. else, so you got to know, like, oh, no, I cannot be um, watching certain shows, I can't listen to certain yes. music, I can't have certain conversations, I can't go to certain places, like, 
I had to change up at my whole life because I me too. I was in bondage for some decades in 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 lust and perversion. Oh, I I had a the, the beast that I had to really slay was definitely um masturbation and pornography. I I I dealt with with sex with you know um sex but sex wasn't a big issue for me. It wasn't nothing for me to stop having sex. Real, I had sex out of obligation or because that's what I was told I was supposed to do. You know, when you like somebody, you're in a relationship. I never had sex because I was just like, I had to have it. But my, my, the thing I did, I was a slave to masturbation and pornography. I would be yeah. in a whole full relationship with a man and still be ducked off somewhere yeah. watching porn and masturbating. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that piece was fierce. But God, you know, but I, mm-hmm. coming from that though, that I can't watch even, like people come to me like, oh, hey, do you watch Power? No. You know, do you watch people? Well, no. Do you watch this or that? No. Why? I don't watch it because I understand I got to guard my heart with all diligence. So if that means I can't watch certain shows, that's what it means. If I, you can't call me no more, sis, and tell me how old dude busted it down last night. You know what I'm saying? We can't have yeah. that conversation. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. I love you, but I'm not the one you can talk to about that no more. I can't listen to certain music that's going to make me get full and, you know, get all hot and turned on, you know, because some of that, you know, music can do that. You you, you got to know your triggers. And you got to have strong boundaries as well as you got to utilize the word, which is your sword. You know, word is power. You, your spiritual weapons that are mighty in God for the pulling down the strongholds, you know, and you got to use your faith. You know, you got to trust God. Um, even when you don't see, like she said, you may not see it happening. You don't feel it, but you got to trust that God is moving and working on your behalf. So I am so, so just, this was so powerful, even beyond what I even imagined. I know I'm just sitting here like, Ooh girl this blessed me honey so i know it's blessing the people i appreciate you i want to honor your time um it's 1204 but i do want you to pray if you feel led to um you know just pray however the spirit will lead you um for these women um who are in the room and for whatever woman might listen to the replay um because we want to make sure that we're covering them and that um you know that god is really we know he's moving and he's here already he's just showed himself already but you know we want to just want to keep our sisters lifted um as they're going through their journey, whatever, however that journey looks for them. Amen. Amen. Well, Father, we we just want to thank you for this time today, God. We thank you for your your daughter, God, who have you have given this vision to, Father. We lift Janelle up first off, God, for her walk with you, her commitment to you, her yes to you, Father. Continue to draw her in the deep place, hallelujah, in your presence and your glory. And so, Father, I thank you, God, for the vision that you've given for this podcast, God. We thank you for those that would come with here and be changed, challenged, convicted, drawn even closer to you, Father, in the name of Jesus. And so, Lord, I pray today, God, for every one of my sisters who are listening now and that will listen to the replay. Father, we ask you, God, to touch their hearts. Hallelujah. Lord, we repent today of anything that we've done, said, or thought that was enmity against you, Father, and in the places of our heart, God, in our minds, God, where we have struggled and are struggling to get free from these things that are keeping us from you. Father, we ask you to touch us, to deliver us, and set us free, God. Hallelujah. We 
come boldly to your throne of grace, God, surrendering ourselves. You said to present our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. And so, Father, we're presenting you. We're presenting you with this body, God. Yes, it's scarred. It's been through some things. It's been abused, mishandled, overlooked, God, abandoned, rejected, God, talked down on. But, Father, we're still bringing it to you because out of everything in this earth, God, you still want us. Yes, Lord, you still desire us, Father. And so, Lord, we give us give ourselves over to you we give all of us over to you father and as we give ourselves to you give yourself to us father we receive you as our father our lord and our master and so father i thank you for renewed minds today god i thank you that even some of these women all of these women on this line god and on this podcast have the keys to go ahead and let somebody else out and so father i thank you oh lord father for revealing to them the victory that they have in their mouth that they would declare the truth of their testimony the word that you've spoken over their life and walk in the freedom by which they have been made free and so father we just pray your blessings over each and every one of them your strength your power and your might in jesus name amen and amen amen and amen amen what a powerful prayer i just appreciate you so much may god continue to restore unto you um 30 60 and 100 fold all that you pour out all of that you poured out on this podcast and what you do in the ministry, your faithfulness um, to your prayer calls, to the ministry, to your uh, mentorship program, and just every life that you're touching, every life that you're blessing, how you're allowing God to use you. I just pray that he takes you to new levels, new dimensions, new heights in him, that he continues to just open doors no man can close, that he continues to pour out a blessing that you have no room to receive. Meet every need, every need unspoken, those deep desires of your heart, the things that you may be afraid to ask for, that he'll give you the boldness to stand on faith that anything and all things are possible with God, that there he will told no good thing from the upright and the righteous. Lord, and as you continue to seek him and be and, and seek ye the kingdom, all these things are going to be added unto you. Things you didn't even ask for, he's going to pour them out just because he delights in giving good gifts to his children. So I am mm-hmm. so, so blessed, so honored, so thankful for you. And so Ooh. I hope you ladies have been blessed. I hope you receive something. If so, you can always like, comment, share the podcast. Um, you can connect with her. She's put her um, website in the comments, but I know that those who um, listen to the replay don't see the comments. So for her uh, ministry to connect with um, Ms. Shavante Harris, you can go to www.weemoveministries.com and you're able to connect with her. And so we just want to thank you all for being on today's um, episode of the Purity After Promiscuity podcast, where we are redefining a woman's worth. And I just always want to leave you guys with, you have to know that you're...